With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, everybody, this is the Lombardi Line coming to you live on a Thursday as the National Football League turns the page to week two. We've got Thursday night football on tap. The Vikings and Eagles set to go head-to-head later on this evening. Alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi, I'm Stormy Bonantoni. We'll also be joined later in the show by VEASAN host and professional handicapper Mike Somich, as well as VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, where I am currently broadcasting from Mike Palm in hour two. Every Thursday, Michael, I am outgunned and outmanned in the name department three michaels and a me what's going on my guy yeah it's cute but on thursday you get to announce we are now ready to start the next week which is the greatest sound of all right it's so good you can start the next week and we can move forward i'm excited about it thursday night football is back in the rotation yep you know, we got football Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday means no more murders in the building. You need to watch. You're just going to go watch a lot of football. <laughs> yes. Have you watched that, Stormy? I, I did. I haven't seen the like latest season, but I watched season one. I like Steve Martin. I love Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah. I love Steve. He's no, great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. It's well done. But anyway, n- enough of that. Speaking of murders in the building, I just want you to know the big news in Philadelphia. Okay. I don't know if you saw it. Okay. They finally captured this prisoner who escaped. They caught and him. He's been out. They caught him. He was in Delaware County for 14 days almost, and they got him. And this, and they, I mean, they, they had a militia out there. They got him. He was 14 days. He was out there, and he never really moved very far. He was in the same county. But when they got him, he had stolen an Eagle jersey. So they got that off him right away and made sure that, you know, there was nothing there. Oh, man. What a crazy situation. Well, Glad that he's caught. Was. Glad that we can move on from it. But my goodness. And I mean, speaking well, of Philly, natural transition. That's right. To it's kind game. of ironic, right? Yeah. They capture the guy. He had an Eagle jersey on him. We're playing and the Eagles are playing tonight. It's yep. kind of ironic. Exactly. Eagles at home today taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And we have we've seen this line come down. It's been one way traffic largely on Minnesota from seven and a half to now six. There are some six and a halfs out there, uh, including at DraftKings, the total 49 across the board. But this Minnesota team obviously coming off a really disappointing home loss to the Bucks didn't get long to lick their wounds because it's a quick turnaround 
ground on Thursday night. Philadelphia got the win against New England, but at what cost? We have a lot of injuries to let the people at home know about here, Michael. So let's go through them. Their lead running back, yeah. Kenneth Gainwell, out with a rib injury. On defense, we know N'Kobe Dean is on injured reserve. He's out with a foot injury. And we talked about this yesterday. He was the green dot player. So the guy that's got the headset mm-hmm. on and the helmet, he's doing the calls. That gets thrown over to Reed Blankenship at safety, who is also out in this game. So it looks like I believe linebacker Christian Ellis is going to take on that responsibility. Also in the DB room corner, James Bradbury is out in concussion protocol. Defensive tackle Fletcher Cox is questionable, but they believe he is going to go. And then as for the Vikings, their starter at center, Garrett Bradbury, had a lower back injury week one. He's out um, and questionable. Marcus Davenport on the O-line, even more important at questionable, though. Christian Darisaw at tackle, one of the better tackles in the league. If he's not available, that's going to be a big loss. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens when you have the short week, right? You you got all these injuries and they creep up. And last year, we really never talked about Philadelphia's injuries at all. They were they were yeah. able to stay healthy pretty much most of the season. But let's talk the green dot, right? So the green dot tells you uh, it's the signal from the coach to the player to coordinate the defense. All right? So shouldn't be that hard. But the problem is now that you're on your third green dot player, and you have a new defense with Sean Dassey as the new defensive coordinator. And it's a different defense than what Gannon played last year. Jonathan Gannon, now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. It, it requires a lot of communication. And there can be a lot of mistakes and adjustments. You, We all watch the tape. We see the players give hand signals, do all that mm-hmm. stuff. It can be complex. And when you're in that 25-second zone where things are happening at a rapid pace and motion from here to there – it can become a problem. And last week, if you're objective with watching tape, you sat there and said, this Eagle defense didn't look the same as it did last year mm-hmm. from the front to the back. The front didn't. The front got 60 sacks last year out of 70. They didn't. Hassan Riddick, they, the, the Patriots took him out of the game. They doubled him. They, tri- they tripped him. They did everything they could. And now they've got two new linebackers in there, Christian Ellis and Ellis. And, and Zach Cunningham, who was cut by the, 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 the Titans by way of Houston. So this is going to be a lean group here, and it's going to be a challenge. Now, fortunately, Minnesota's hurt too, but Minnesota's offense is can attack, mm-hmm. and they will make plays against a very, very inexperienced, and I would suspect uh, not playing to their highest level secondary of the Eagles. So with that, Michael, as we kind of put this toward the betting thought process here, if you think that the Vikings are going to be able to take advantage of that secondary with the the weapons that they have in the past game, most notably, of course, Justin Jefferson, does that lean toward an over for you? Because I know the Eagles offense didn't quite perform to their peak last week, but they're certainly capable. Right. I, I, and I, that's where I was headed with it. You, you you read my mind. I mean, I think this over, it, it opened at 48. It got as high as 49 and a half in some shops. And now it's sitting right at 49. I do. So 49, we're looking at, you know, a 25, 24, 27, 24 game. You hit the over. I think both teams get into the 20s. Mm-hmm. Look, Philadelphia last week against New England. New England's front gave them some trouble. I think they would be the first to tell you that. And that was the first time in 27 games the Philadelphia Eagles had less than 260 yards. 27 games. So you have to go back to Tampa week six of 2021. 
So they did a really nice job on him. They didn't give an explosive play up to A.J. Brown. They, they didn't allow a big run. They couldn't control the pace of the game. And really, New England had every opportunity to win the game. They just didn't do it. They weren't good enough to do it, and credit Philly for that. But Minnesota's offense is better than New England's offense at this point right now. They're going to need to show that they can move the football effectively. So, so much is going to be made of of Kirk Cousins in primetime today, Michael. And so I did want to make sure that I give the people a little bit of information here. Everybody talks trash about Kirk Cousins in primetime, and it's true, okay? The numbers are not good, but the majority of them have come on Monday night, and that includes last year (laughs) when the Vikings lost to the Eagles at in Philly, which Elliot and I were talking about this. Is that not weird that they're playing in Philadelphia yeah, back-to-back seasons? Yeah, week two again, seasons? right? It's yeah. W- yeah, it's really weird. Week two again, back-to-back two seasons in Philly. I mean, but. think about Amazon. They got. I mean, they start the season off with two playoff teams from yeah. last year. One that went to the Super Bowl, the other one that won the North. I mean, that, that's a pretty good start to the season for them. I, I can't imagine Al's going to complain about this one. Do you? <laughs> well, after last year, he deserves this. Okay, Al Michaels needs nice things. But as it goes, <laughs> it's Monday nights though that Kirk Cousins has been at his worst. Two and ten for his career on Monday night. But he's actually nine and eight in the other primetime slots. Which drum roll, please, includes the last three years. Here's Michael Kirk Cousins being three and zero on Thursday night football specifically. So hate on Kirk Cousins all you want, but Thursday night has been favorable for him the last couple of years. I mean, look, they they did a great job against New England. Remember the Pittsburgh game? I think it was two years ago where they just they destroyed Pittsburgh in the first half, and then Pittsburgh made that rally with Big Ben. Mm-hmm. That was a Thursday night game too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm with you. Look, this is going to come down to forget the day of the game. Forget who's all I agree. It's just fun information to have. Just fun information. No, I agree with you. There is something to the Monday night thing. I think there is something to that. It's going to come down to protection. Without Bradbury, without Darashaw, Mm -hmm. can they hold up? New England last week had two rookie fourth-round guards start for them. Two. And their right tackle, Calvin Anderson, had played very little in the NFL. He's been around. He actually got cut by New England originally as a college free agent. So, And they held up. A lot of this is going to come down to protection. And then I think Brian Flores, he watched what the Patriots did, what Belichick did to the Eagles. He actually blitzed a few times. He took, you know, he took and made them throw it hot, tackled them, got off the field. Be interesting to see how Brian incorporates that. Now, for fans at home, the, the, the Vikings and the Eagles didn't just start preparing for this game on Sunday night. This was one of those you work on in the offseason. You prepare for it during training camp so that your players have a sense that when they get the game plan on Monday, on Sunday night or Monday morning, you've already done it and you can hit the ground running and it's all walkthroughs. Um, I, I want to ask you about the Eagles running back room because Kenneth Gainwell, he kind of led the way for them on the ground last year and he's unavailable, but Deandre Swift, it was very surprising to a lot of people that he was not used one carry three yards. So I would imagine that he's going to be that staple back tonight, but it's him. You've got Boston Scott. You got Rashad Penny who wasn't available last week and he's in there as well. The prop number I believe on him is around 34 and a half for Deandre Swift. Does that seem like a number? Number that he could get over well if he's the main runner right if he becomes the main back, well, and I he thought sh- they, wouldn't you think he should be he should be you know i mean it's i mean penny where's penny in this is he is he not healthy he's supposed to play i know he wasn't active last week but he should be back 
I mean, I would think Penny would get more. I think they have Swift designated in a certain role. I'm not sure. Look, there's a reason why the Lions traded Swift. And there's a reason there. And it could be, and I I think it's more medical than it is anything. Mm -hmm. Do we think he's healthy? I mean, he had one run and he had two targets and didn't have a catch. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Just just three yards. It, It was really, really bizarre to me. And that's just not what I anticipated from him. I think that a lot of, of fans were excited to have him be brought into that running back room after Miles Sanders moved on to the Carolina Panthers. And that's just not the way that things played out week one. And Nick well, what Sirianni. What is Hurts' rush record? What is Hurts' rushing record? Rushing, rushing prop, prop number. Uh, let me look it up. I can hit us back with it after the break if I can't find it right now. But let me see. He was very, let me say that he was, I don't want to say he didn't run. He had nine carries. He did. 48 he and a half. Per- he was protective of himself, and they did a really good job of bottling him up. Uh, I don't know if Minnesota can do as well as they did. Yeah, 48 and a half, the rushing yards prop for Jalen Hurts coming into tonight. We'll see um, how he's able to utilize that. We're going to take our first time out of the day. We're just getting started, though, here on the Lombardi line. Coming up after the break, Aaron Rodgers says he'll rise again following the Achilles injury. And Chris Jones is, quote, pleased and thankful for his new deal. We'll have to discuss it all in News or Noise next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best ever by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Get full access to everything we do, including our daily best bets with the leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, plus betting systems, premium analysis, and 24-7 video access. Sign up for a VEASAN annual subscription. You'll also get a free copy of our guy Michael Lombardi's new book, Football Done Right. All you got to do is use the promo code Lombardi when you sign up. If you'd like an autographed copy as well, Make sure you email us. Subscribe at vcin.com is where you can do it. This is a limited time offer, so sign up today. vcin.com slash subscribe. Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? All right, Michael, let's do it. News yeah. or noise? And we're going to start with your boy, Aaron Rodgers. He took to Instagram yesterday to share his thoughts with fans following the unfortunate and shocking Achilles injury just four plays into his Jets debut on Monday Night Football said I'm completely heartbroken and moving through all of the emotions but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love goes on to say the night is darkest before the dawn and I shall rise again proud of my guys want to know which is the Jets record after an inspired win over the Bills courtesy of four Josh Allen touchdowns and a remarkable walk-off punt return touchdown by Xavier Gibson in overtime news or noise Michael Rogers saying immediately he will rise again news he's going to come back i mean he's a competitor and i mean i think he realizes i mean this guy's gone through most of his career without having injuries you know and so this one will take a lot out of him in terms Mm -hmm. of the rehab required to come back from an achilles but you know he's got 38 million dollars guaranteed to him next year whether he comes back or not and i think he's going to want to uh come back and play. I think one thing we did see from Aaron Rodgers is he was happy. Yeah. He really en- he was enjoying himself. You could sense it in his smile. You could sense it in his demeanor. Uh, and I think because of that, he'll come back. So I'm interested. I'm going to go back and forth on this with you because I've been thinking a lot yeah. over the last 24 hours. And I think what he says here is... Definitely what we all expected him to say immediately, right? Because you have the immediacy of the reaction, the happiness that you just referenced, and the way that he's just been rejuvenized, rejuvenated and energized out there in New York. But after all that he has put into this team, I, I understand why he would feel that way now. But the hard work is just about to begin. And at his age, going to be 40 years old, going into 41 next season if he were to come back. Like, this is an injury that's hard for young guys to come back from, let alone somebody at his age. Yeah. And so I yeah, just... it really is. I just question how much being able to say this right now is actually going to bear on what really happens down the line when he realizes how tough it is to come back from something like this. 
Well, I think once he steps into it, I think he's going to know. I mean, they're going to tell him what he has to do to get out, you know, how he's going to have to come back. I think a lot of it's going to come from, I don't know when he, usually they can do the procedure fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. So how the procedure goes and, you know, I'm sure they'll tell him, hey, you know, it went really well. We didn't have a problem. Exactly what we thought it was and they'll get it going. But I, I, I do think he's, he's a competitor enough to want to do what he has to do to come back. And I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, it's just, I, I think back to this, just this past off season when he was going through everything with the Packers and deciding what he wanted to do as it pertained to football, period, if he wanted to come back. So he did say it's always darkest before the dawn. Maybe he hits that darkness retreat one more time to help him make his final decision. Uh, let's move on to our next headline, though. Chief star defensive tackle Chris Jones has a new restructured incentive-based one-year deal with Kansas City worth up to $25 million. The deal, in theory, will help him recoup the estimated three and a half million dollars that he has lost through fines and that opening game check uh, and a little bit more. Here's his thoughts on the contract. I'm super pleased with how it turned out. You know, um, I'm back in the building. I'm excited to be back. Um, thankful for the organization. They was able to boost my salary up to make up for the fines and everything. I'm super grateful for that. Hopefully we can get something worked out after the year for long term. Um, I reiterated multiple times. I plan to uh, play for the Kansas City Chiefs for a long haul in my career. Um, that doesn't change because of this, um, the past situation. And we focus on Jacksonville, man. We focus on News or noise, Michael? I, I, I mean, the fact, are we just going to go through this saga all over again? Because that's what I feel like might happen next year. Oh, there's no question. It, it, well, first of all, they're not going to franchise him next year. It's $34 million. Mm. So he's going to be a free agent. And I don't know. I mean, I know they want to keep him. But, you know, the problem is it's one thing to keep him. It's another thing. What's it cost to keep him? You know, is it going to cost forty million, thirty-five? Is he going? To, what what contract is he going to want? And then how do they keep him? That's the bigger issue. I mean, look, everybody's going to want the guy. Everybody wants him. He's a great player, but it's hard to keep him on that salary. They're, then they can't franchise him. They can't protect their rights because his salary is so high it goes up. And you know, the Chiefs did him a solid. There's no question. They gave him a chance to earn two million of the three point one million in fines back. That, that they didn't and they didn't have to do that. They did not have to do that. And they they had to redo Joe Tooney's contract so they could make this happen. They guaranteed Joe Tooney's paragraph five, which lowered his cap number, which then allowed them to count these likely to be earned incentives that are in Chris Jones's contract that if he plays 30 percent and 50 percent, he will get because they counted as earned on the cap because he did it last year. I just feel like if he was going to really hold out and he was making the stink that he was, that he shouldn't have given up so quickly. And now this is what you settle for. And it's not Aaron Donald money. It's not Nick Bosa money. It's just a restructured one-year deal. And who knows what's going to happen from a health standpoint from you this year. It just seemed like an odd thing for me that he said that he was pleased and thankful for the way that things turned out when all of this seems a little bit self-inflicted based on what he said that he wanted from his contract. Um, one guy that did get a contract this offseason, Daniel Jones. Uh, he was sacked seven times in the Cowboys blowout win over the Giants this past Sunday. And Micah Parsons, despite being famous in the league for making some of those hits, didn't agree with the team leaving him in. Take a listen. It's called protecting your guy. You know, something I thought the Giants should have done. I don't think Daniel Jones should have been in that game in the fourth quarter. I thought they should have protected him and pulled him out and barring injury, their season will be over without Daniel Jones. 
the Bengals did the smart decision by pulling Joe Burrow, saying, hey, we, we, we're going to submit, we're going to take our loss, and we're going to move on the next week and get better. That's the best thing you can do. I do not agree with Daniel Jones staying out there into that last drive. That soundbite compliments of The Edge with Micah Parsons' podcast. News or noise, Michael? I think it's news. I mean, he's right. What, what, were, what were they gaining? It's the same thing we, we argued about last year with Mike Williams. What was he doing out mm-hmm. there at the end of that Bronco game when the game was sealed and, and really it had no bearing on the, on the game against Jacksonville the next week, which was a playoff game? We get, uh, uh, you know, we got to be smarter than that. Like, I mean, uh, look, Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor, if he goes out there, he might get hurt. But, you know, if Tyrod Taylor gets out there, Micah's right. They're not going to win any games anyway. I don't want Tyrod to get hurt. Don't, don't confuse that. But I think, you, you know, it was time to retreat. There's sometimes you, uh, you just need to step back and, you know, let's go on to next week. And I think the time was in the fourth quarter. Let's go on to next week. Like, what were they going to gain out of that? Well, if you ask Brian Dable, he said they were trying to, quote, get something positive going and that Jones wanted to stay in so there wasn't a conversation about it. And I I think in that instance, we talk about this all the time with guys that have injuries coming back into a game. Just you got to save the player from themselves sometimes. I think in that situation, yeah. you're 100% right. There's no need to put him at I, risk. He's your $40 million man. Like, like what players, like if it's just, let's play this through. Say Daniel Jones said he wanted to come out. You say, see, you're not a competitor. You're quitting. Like, so when you ask him that question, what answer do you think you're going to get? Like, what answer do you think you're going to get? Like, you're the leader of the team. He doesn't make those decisions. You do. I would tell the same thing to Brian. Brian, get him out of there. You think, think, you got to think past. We're not getting anything going today. We complete one out. You think that's going to rejuvenate (laughs) us for next week? Of course not. He completed 15 to 28 passes in the loss, two picks, and was harassed by that group up front. You look at some of the pressure numbers, pressured on 55% of the 42 dropbacks in what was eventually the worst season opening loss in franchise history for the New York Giants. Yet, Michael, because of you and our conversation yesterday, I'm contemplating backing this team next week for Survivor. So, you know, my mind's in shambles, clearly. Well, I think that what your options are Buffalo, which again are, are, is a good option. I don't disagree with you there. What are your other options? I don't want to take the San Francisco 49ers because I don't trust the division matchups and the Rams actually nope, looked like pretty that. decent. Um, I'm still going through things, but the, after our conversation yesterday, I was driving home and I could not stop racking my brain. Like, do I like the Giants now? I don't want to like the Giants. I don't trust the Giants. The Cardinals played tough. They did show a little bit of oomph, but I might do it. I might do it. I texted my dad this morning. I was like, could we pull the trigger on the Giants? We'll see. We'll discuss this a little bit later when we have Mike Palm on the program. But first, it's Mike Somich, Visa knows professional handicapper, drops by next. We're going to talk some NFL and college football. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for each and every one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. 
get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. You can download the app now and use the code VEGAS to sign up. New customers bet $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only in DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the code VEGAS. The crown is yours. Welcome back to the Lombardi line as we round things out alongside VP of Operations here at Circa Resort and Casino, Mike Palm. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. He's Michael Lombardi. And it is time for Palm's Pressing 3. Mike Palm's got some very important questions for our guy, Michael. Michael, can we draw any strong conclusions from the Browns' dominant win over the Bengals on Sunday in Cleveland? They have dominated the Battle of Ohio, having won 5 of 6 and 8 of 10 heading into that game. Joe Burrow was recovering from a preseason injury and was pulled in the second half. And the weather did impact the game with a steady, persistent rain. But nothing for nothing. The Bengals had 13 drives and had multiple first downs on only two of them, punting 11 times, including all seven first half possessions. Just how good are the Cleveland Browns? Well, I think they are good. And I think Schwartz makes a big difference. And I think if you want to back the Browns this weekend, it's because you feel like Schwartz will do a really good job against a Matt Canada offense. I think that's the that is really the game in the game right there. And Schwartz is an outstanding game planner. He's an outstanding adjuster. And he uses players like when he put Miles Garrett over Ted Karras. What does that tell us? Why would he do that? Well, if you study tape, you know Ted Karras, who I love to death. We drafted him in the seventh round, is limited athletically. He's not going to move laterally. And if you cover him up and the guards can't help him to one A-gap or the other, then he's on an island. And it's like a, you know, a basketball game. All I got to do is get to the hoop. I just got to get by you. It's really like Allen Iverson and me guarding him boom, to the hoop. And so that's what he did. And that's what makes Jim such a great coach. And that's what he's always been good at doing, whether it was Tennessee or winning a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. Now, he's got to rely on the front. I I like the Browns. I do. I think we're not going to see that level of dominance. I mean, the Bengals never even got down to the red zone. But we're going to see better play. And I think that's reflective in how the Browns played, too. I mean, our boy Kevin Stefanski, Mike, he actually punted the ball in fourth and two. Can you believe that? I think the weather had a lot to do with that, but I I applauded the decision. And look, the secondary is all first and second round picks, too. I think they're good on all three levels. I think this is one of the best two or three teams in the AFC. I thought it going into the year, and I thought their performance was the best performance of week one. Question two, Michael. While Greg Roman is back teaching P.E. at Atlantic City High School, Todd Munkin is now calling the plays in Charm City. In a game against the lowly Texans in which they never trailed, He called exactly two design run plays for Lamar Jackson. Can the Baltimore Ravens get to the Super Bowl using this kind of a formula? I don't think they can. And look, I have such conflict with the Ravens offense, whether it was Roman or now Munkin. I see Lamar differently than they do. Obviously, they must know him better than I do. I see him as an under center quarterback. I see him as a guy who should run bootlegs and nakeds. I see him as a guy that should be in shotgun at times, but I also see him as a guy that you need to run, not the six-back offense, that throws the ball the best in the middle of the field. And I didn't see any of that from the Munkin offense. To me, I go back to Bill Walsh. It's scouting inside out, right? Here's what we need to do to win the game. Here's what our players do really well. It's what's got to happen in New York. It's what's got to happen with Zach Wilson. Look, I'm not trying to sit here and say Zach Wilson's a great player. By no means. But you got to do what he does well. 
And it's the same thing with Lamar. I don't see that. Now, maybe I'm wrong because everybody in Baltimore doesn't seem to listen. They want to change it to what he is. They keep trying to make him an outside thrower, and they keep drafting little receivers. But look, Mike, they got Beckham, and really that's all they need. You love that one. <laughs> also, unfortunate for the Ravens, for anyone that missed it, J.K. Dobbins done for the year with an Achilles injury. They're getting three and a half points at the Bengals this week. Question three, Michael, and we mentioned it in the first segment. Baker Mayfield claims he learned all of the Vikings' defensive play calls by the second half in Minneapolis on Sunday. Should the Vikings have picked up on this and changed their signals? And moving forward, how do you evaluate the Buccaneers' offense knowing that they had the answers to the test? Yeah. I mean, if they had the answers to the test, they didn't look that explosive to me. I'm not sure I would be promoting that. Would you, Mike? No, I thought it was strange that he would talk about that publicly. Well, Baker Mayfield does a lot of strange things, if we recall. I mean, I I didn't get the sense that they had any control of that game offensively. If they did have the if they did have the numbers, I, I didn't see that. Maybe I missed something there. But look, a Minnesota. Uh, we all, everybody changes it. Sometimes the guys, the 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 coats, the, the signaler. Some guys, he's not. You know, but look, here's the other thing: is did did they lose a green dot player? Like nobody's nobody's signaling in anymore. Like what? Did nobody ask this question? Did they lose a green dot player? Because if they did, then you have to. Mm. Then then the other team can't use their helmets. So, like, I don't get this. Like, if they used it, if they didn't use it, now let's just put things in perspective. I mean, Minnesota's defense held their team, that team to 33.6 yards per play. I mean, Baker was at 61% completion, which, you know, he was 35% on third down. He was 50% in the red zone. But I, I don't know how this is a story if – they didn't lose their green dot player. That's why we we, we opened the show up talking about green dot players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for anybody who missed it, by the way, when we were talking about all of the injuries as it pertains to the Philadelphia Eagles defense this week, N'Kobe Dean, their linebacker, was the green dot player. He gets injured. The green dot goes to uh, Blankenship. Now mm-hmm. he's out and unavailable for this game. So um, the guys who are primarily used to doing those signals unavailable in the game. Also, no James Bradbury defensively. Fletcher Cox questionable, but should be okay to go based on what we've seen. Michael, I want to ask you a follow-up question here. We have a few minutes. If you're Sean McVay and Georgia Frontieri and the Jets call you and say, we're going to give you a first and a third for Matthew Stafford, do you entertain that offer? Oh, they would love to. Mm-hmm. And you're going to take the contract mm-hmm. off my hands? Mm-hmm. You're going to take this contract off my hands? You know, they were never trying to trade him. Teams were just calling them in such a haste to pay $59 million. Look, I think Stafford looked good last week. Can he survive? Can he last? Can he stay durable? Those are questions that have to get answered. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think if if the Rams, if the Kroenke, if, if they called Kroenke up and said, yeah, but it's not plausible because they've got – they can't. They're yeah. in the, here's the thing that's interesting, Mike. The three teams that have spent the most cash over cap this year going into the season are Cleveland, the Jets – and the Houston Texans. Think about that. Yeah, we were talking a lot about the Texans yesterday. That's kind of shocking to 
to really think about when you put it in perspective. These last couple of minutes, I wanted to ask you um, about Colorado this week, the comments that have been making the round from Jay Norvell about Deion Sanders saying, you know, when when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. I feel like Deion Sanders is a coach that finds motivation in nothing. And now he actually has disrespect, so to speak, coming his way this week. The, the spread in that game against CSU in the Rocky Mountain Showdown is 24. Could you see them getting a good lead and then just kind of sticking it to them late now based on some of these comments? I think this is a bad matchup for, for Colorado State because I think that they're going to be able to throw the ball uh, all over the field. I had Colorado State the first week. I was dead wrong against Washington State. I think this is mm-hmm. going to look like that. Um, and everybody's since, betting Colorado. Sanders, the public's all over this team now. Deion Sanders is is playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers, I think. We had on the Friday show, on, on your show, Michael, last week, uh, Pritch had his good friend Solomon Wilcots on, who called many games. It was a great, mm-hmm. great color guy. I mean, I remember him working with Ian Eagle and, and Kevin Harlan. Um, and he was playing in Cincinnati when, when Dion was playing for the Reds, right? And so they had a relationship. And he remembers, you know, conversations with Dion two, three years ago. And Dion said, you know, college football is going to get free agency and everything's going to change, which essentially it has now. Um, and, and he's done a really good job um, recruiting. These kids are well coached. Everybody, all these former players want to be part of that program and coach these kids up and Hall of Famers and, and all that. I, I, they're a very fundamentally sound team. They play with such pace. And when you have to go to elevation and try to match that pace, everybody wanted Nebraska. All the sharp guys, you know, like Samich, those guys were all on Nebraska last week. I just didn't think that their defense could play 70 snaps at elevation, which they can do to yeah. you. Uh, we'll see when they go to Oregon in two weeks how good they are. But I think Dion, he's a very good marketing. He's inclusive of all people. He's publicly well-liked. He's doing great things for college football here. And uh, he has no desire to go to the pros. He doesn't want to coach rich men, you know? Yeah, and and nobody will give him that much authority. Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator and the defense coordinator, I think those are the unsung heroes there. They've done great jobs at Colorado. Yeah, that's going to do it for this Thursday edition of the Lombardi Line. Thanks, Mike. Great job. Thank you. Thank you to Mike Palm, Mike Somich as well, our producer, Elliot Bowman, everybody behind the glass who helps make this show go. Coming up on DraftKings Network, Pablo Torre here on VSIN, the sports betting network. It'll be the Sharp Money crew getting you set for Thursday Night Football and beyond. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.